when thinking about ghosts, we can both ask the question, why do we believe in them? Or why do some people believe in them? And at what point uh, or when in time did we start believing in ghosts? So if you are someone who doesn't really believe in them, then your answer would be, these are just um, illusions of the mind. But what happens if you actually have experienced something that is not uh, from this world? If you know someone who's told you about some experiences, some ghostly experiences, then we're talking about something else. In any case, whatever it is that we are talking about, we talk about ghosts regularly. And when we look back in history, this is something that we can find throughout many, many cultures. And what we find is that it's actually and precisely literature where all these ghosts are told, the stories of the ghosts, but also by looking at the story of these ghosts in literature, we learn a lot more things. So today, in episode 7 of Alice in Gothic Land, in the section You are Gothic but you don't know it, the ghost as a metaphor that shapes your identity, we are going to talk about why do we believe in ghosts? When did that all that start? I'm going to take you back to the etymology of some of the vocabulary that we use to describe ghosts. And from then on, you're going to realize a lot more than you initially thought. So if you're ready, this episode, my friend, is for you. Gothic friend, this is Alice and you are in Gothic land. Welcome again to this section, another week of You Are Gothic But You Don't Know It, episode 7 today. And today I want to talk to you about why do we believe in ghosts. I want to take you through this journey to answer this question because answering this question is going to help us uh, talk about our, our identity when we get to that. Because in this series I want to really... Um, um, explain. I want to really take you down the rabbit hole. I want you to see back to the origin of the word of ghost and all the words connected to ghosts. And I want to tell you, I want to show you how to use your critical thinking to actually start investigating on your own account and, and the things that you're going to find out. But before we go any further, before we start giving you all the details, uh, remember that I can help you, that I can help you um, if you have a project and you need some guidance among all the shadows, I can be your light at the end of the tunnel. I can help you with your dissertations, I can help you with your presentations, with your projects, with anything, with any idea of you writing a book. I can help you with all those things because uh, as well as you, uh, I am also a writer, I'm a confidence builder and project auditor. I can help you sell your products, as I said before. I, I help you through your critical thinking, uh, find all those points, all those pain points 
that um, actually, well, that you struggle, you're struggling with when doing your project. So you just have to visit me in gothicalis.com and just get yourself there and book a time. It's free, the first free call. You can talk to me and then we can see if we're a good fit, if we're a good match and if I can actually help you. Remember that we are going to be looking into all your projects through the gothic lens, but it's a very realistic approach as well. So it just, you know, use the gothic to find out more about all those pain points. Anyway, so today we're going to be trying to, um, I'm going to help you go through these process of this path where, um, where I'm going to try to answer why we believe in ghosts and when they will start believing in ghosts because they are they go hand in hand and to do that that and to do that I'm going to start giving you some etymological definitions because you know my friend I love etymology I love giving you all the insights everything that that people sometimes don't go into by, by knowing about the vocabulary and where it comes from, we can start seeing when this vocabulary is started taking shape in people's minds. It could be that the vocabulary was already there a long time or long before they were actually written down on paper, on texts, and that's when we have the recollection. But it's very interesting to see all those areas when it was actually, the, the vocabulary was actually coined and maybe through all the elements that we're going to see today, uh, this vocabulary was already there. So why do we believe in ghosts? This seems a very um, straightforward question. Uh, however, when you want to find answers to this question, you are not going to find many things out there. You have to really, really uh, dig down and, and, and start pulling the strings. Why am I saying that? If you look for why do we believe in ghosts, all you're going to get is a bunch of articles talking about appearances, ghosts, folklore, which, hang on a minute, it's all well and good, but it's not really what we want to know here. We want to know when did we start believing in ghosts, which is why we're going to get the answers to why do we even believe in them. Uh, so the when and the why are going to go hand in hand, and this is these are two questions of the critical thinking. So. What I have actually done is based on my own research on storytelling, I'm going to give you some references. I'm going to bring a lot of authors and other people who have already investigated the ghost like I have or even more in depth. And we're going to step out a little bit from the gothic space per se because we need to um, take a couple of steps back and a look at history, history of hum humanity. Because by looking back into the history of humanity, we're going to see... Uh, how everything developed and evolved to what we find uh, from the Gothic times, from Victorian times, uh, early Gothic, all that period that we are always talking about. So this is what we're going to look at next. So what I'm going to do is tell you my idea after everything I have read and researched. I'm going to give you the six main points why I think that we need to believe in ghosts. And that is as follows. First, since humans realized they perished, the figure of the ghost gave them comfort to stay connected with their loved ones. Therefore, we see that there is a necessity built inside our brains. So the stories told around the campfires at night could trigger shadows and other night entities. 
Another aspect is that the religious beliefs of a tribe or a group shaped also the perception of these entities. That could go hand in hand with the unexplainable noises, sensations, smells or anything that doesn't quite have a logical explanation and that belongs to the ghostly or supernatural. And the last point is that people with certain sensibilities to energies have always existed in the form of druids, shamans or witches. So to prove all my six points and these theories uh, that are not uniquely mine is something that I believed in already. But then as I was doing research, uh, I found that these points actually had an argument and there was research behind that. Uh, what I want to do now is take you to or through the definitions uh, of different vocabulary connected to not just ghost, but connected to the ghost. And that goes like this. It's a bit difficult, but I've tried to um, help you with some explanations, right? So what is a ghost? A ghost is a ghost soul or spirit in Old English. It's a disembodied spirit in the 14th century. Also in the West Germanic, we find Geister, Goisdos, which has been connected with Sanskrit, uh, Hedas, which means anger and the presumed base Gois, guys, from the, with the Old Norse Geisa meaning rage. From the Goth, we also have Usgeishan, Usgeisman, which means terrify. So the spelling with GH is first recorded in Caxton's works and is there probably due to Flemish geese, which became established late in the, 40, sorry, in the 16th century. All these definitions, all these definitions are taken uh, from the Oxford Dictionary, which I have here. I always like to show you my sources. So this is a dictionary which is taken from, yes, the massive big boy here. We have the Oxford um, Dictionary of English Etymology. If you're interested in this kind of research and vocabulary and you are a freak like me, <laughs> then you will love this book. It has a lot of uh, entries and, as you can see, some vocabulary, the most, the newest vocabulary is not here because there are other things, but um, this is the book that I use for all the vocabulary, okay? Right, so let's move on to our next word. For those who don't know who William Caxton was, um, he lived between 1422, 1491, and as per Wikipedia, he was an English merchant, that diplomat and writer. He sought to be the first person to introduce a printing press into England, very interesting fact, in 1476, and as a printer was the first English retailer of printed books. So after this very interesting fact, we're going to move on now to our next slide and etymological definition of spirit. So, the spirit is a breath of life, is the vital principle, intelligent, incorporeal being for the 13th century. It was immaterial element of a human being, vital power in the 14th century. Any of our four substances so named four of the alchemists in 14th century, and here we have Chaucer. And for those who don't know, Chaucer was also a medieval writer, and we have a lot of work from Chaucer. Liquid of the nature of an essence in 17th century, Anglo-Norman, uh, sorry, Anglo-Norman spirit, aphetic of spirit, Old French esprit, esprit 
in Spanish, espíritu, in Latin, spiritus, breathing, meaning breathing, breath, air, life, soul, pride, courage, in Christian use, incorporeal being. But then, as I'm looking into these ghost definitions, then I realize also that we cannot go without defining soul. So, what is the soul as per the etymological dictionary? So, for soul we have that it's a soul life, animate existence, spiritual or emotional part of man. It's a disembodied spirit of a man in Old English, vital principle in the 14th century and the essential part of something, of the body in the 16th century. From the Greek aiolos, we have that aiolos meaning quick moving or easily moved siolos, the soul being primitively conceived as a fleeting or fleeting thing, and for fleeting we understand that's lasting for a very short time. I promise you that all these etymological descriptions right now will make sense in the next few sessions because of if we understand the vocabulary, we understand why um, these words meant all this at that time and how they have evolved. We're going to understand a lot of the essays and a lot of the research that came after that. So let's continue with a couple more. The next word in our list is a spectre. And for a spectre, we have apparition, phantom from the 16th, sorry, the 17th century. In French, we have a spectre or Latin spectrum whence also a spectrum or a spectre. It also means colored band into which a beam of light is decomposed. The, the next and the last one I want to talk about today, because it came in the other definitions, is the word phantom. So what is a phantom? A phantom is an illusion, deception in the 13th century, and we also find that in Cursor Mundi, which I'll tell you about what it is now, meaning apparition, spectre in the 14th century, mental illusion, this is very important, dream image, 16th century, appearance without substance in the 17th century. And for those who do not know, the Cursor Mundi, or overrunner of the world, is an early, again, Wikipedia is very useful sometimes, it's an early 14th century religious poem written in Middle English that presents an extensive retelling of the history of Christianity from the creation to the doomsday. So you can see here how much information now we have. It's super interesting and it's very important, all this vocabulary, to actually go to the next um, part of the video. So in order now to uh, move on to the next step, uh, which is to be the origins of the, the word or the, the concept of ghost, not the word. Now we have the words and then we're going to see how they, they are going to be used in different contexts as well. Um, so I think it's very important and necessary that now we move on to the when and uh, to find this evidence of the first uh, texts, uh, literary texts, because it's what we do here, literature, and we look at all the different parts and how literature, how everything that goes from our everyday lives fits in literature. Um, and then you're going to see that how all this vocabulary, spirit, the spectre, ghost, actually makes sense in this context. So in order to do that, uh, the first thing I want to do is make reference to an article by 
Livia Gershon. This is very interesting because it's a very new, uh, very recent um, uh, finding. It's from an article written last year in October. And this article is called uh, The 3,500-year-old three Babylonian Tablet May Contain Earliest Known Depiction of a Ghost. So this is what we have here right now. So we have this Babylonian tablet uh, dated 1500 BCE. It's a tablet that depicts a male ghost being led back to the afterlife. And the curator Irving Finkel says that you can actually find his uh, video inside this article written by uh, Livia Geshen. What we can see is what she calls a depiction of a ghost on a tablet made in ancient Babylon and it seems to be the first depiction of the ghost. Obviously this is a clay tablet and it's part of a guide to exorcising ghosts held in the collections of the British Museum and this is what is being reported by Dalia Albert for the Observer. If you read the whole article, it's wonderful because as well as the article and the findings that um, around this tablet, but you can also have access to a video, another YouTube video, where the, the curator actually talks about the beliefs of the ghost in, in the Mesopotamian, uh, sorry, in the Babylonian times. And it is very interesting to see the, the social classes, how the rituals of for the ghosts and for the ghosts to be in peace and not to come back um how they could be different between the rich people and the poorer people and and that's something we're going to talk about in the end as a summary for you to see how much we can learn from that so this is one of the references i wanted to make so this is not the only evidence that we have about ghostly apparitions um, in this format. I mean, this uh, tablet is really, really small. And um, if you watch the video, it will explain to you in the article, it explains to you that actually it could go uh, without noticing. So it's very interesting. But another reference I want to do, I want to make right now is the fact that um, I'm quoting now a writer, Chris J. Michael, he, oh, sorry, Chris J. Mitchell, he tells us something very interesting in his article, The Origins of Ghosts and Famous Accounts in Literature. What he actually tells us in this article, he mentions um, Oresteia, the Oresteia, which it was a, a trilogy of Greek tragedies to talk about ghosts and to talk about death. In these themes of murder, revenge and justice is where we find the ghosts of Clytemnestra, who seeks justice for the son who actually murdered her. And what we have here is the one of the first appearances of a ghost in literature. And what we can see here is the ancient Greek beliefs about life, death, and the crossing of the spirits to the world of the dead, from one from the living to the dead, or if you prefer, the other world. So these findings are very, very interesting for me because we are not just learning that uh, humanity is confirming that theory that humanity already believed in ghosts probably very much at the start of civilizations or, or communities or the existence of humans. And that was very integrated almost straight away. As soon as someone died, 
then there was this awareness of what happened to the body and probably something that we cannot still say exactly when that happened when that click in the brain actually happened but what we can actually see through these texts and through this evidence is that uh, this Babylonian tablet, that I keep calling Mesopotamian, this Babylonian tablet is um, and from the Greek um, drama plays uh, are different things, which is what we're going to see now. So on the one hand, we have that with the tablet, the ghosts or ghosts were part of people's lives. Sometimes they needed help from the living to move on. We also learned that some illnesses were believed to be caused by evil spirits while sleeping and we can learn about what things and objects were used in their rituals. That is very important in the case of the tablet because we call that literature as well. Well, at the moment that we have something written, we have literature. It's just that in this case, we don't have, we, we have the oral explanation of the tablet but in the written we only have the images so it's a form of communication but it's not quite the literary way that we will be talking about here the next thing that we learn from this initial now yes literary form of uh, announcing or talking about the ghosts is that in the greek theater it's interesting to see how people's souls could have been wronged through murder and that's what we see in the Greek theatre. Also we see that the theatre is not just for a normal play, it's also a place to expose the daily worries. In that sense what we could see is that ghosts could also appear in comedy, not just in drama like we normally think. So this is one of the things I always talk about. But also what we can learn is that these uh, ways of explaining and talking about the daily lives is also seen in the drama, in the theatre, for the, the routines, the social structure and everything that had to do with their daily lives. So as you can see, these are some of the things that uh, we can learn from whatever is there already written and what we, the findings. Uh, and the next step now would be to see how these uh, ghosts and uh, what do they actually tell us and what is their role, which is a little bit what I was telling you at the beginning of um, the, the episode six. So the next step now would be to continue talking about the ghost uh, as a social figure, but which is something that I don't want to do today. I want us to leave you here with all this information that I've given you about the etymology of the vocabulary, thinking about why do we believe in ghosts and where the, when did we start sorry, believing in ghosts. Uh, but from next day and then moving into the sociological and literary spaces, we'll, be st we'll start talking about the medieval ghost stories that I told you about last day, Andrew Jones. And there's something very interesting that he says in this, in this book and he says in some of these, um, well, not actually in the, in the book, he says the following sentence and I want to leave you with that. He says that ghosts rebalance cultural, historical and personal stories which can help correct history. So this is what we're going to be looking at next day. Uh, from next day, we're going to be talking more into the social side that goes, from a soci sociological point of view. That will help us expand a little bit more on what we've seen today, what I've told you today. And uh, for today, I just want you to start thinking about this. Have you ever considered any of these questions? Have you ever thought, why do we even believe? Are you a believer? Are you not a believer? 
why don't you tell me in the comments and um, let me know let me know what you think about ghosts in general and also remember that before we go remember to like to subscribe to share to comment below and to follow me I'm here to help you not just to entertain you but also to help you know more about all things gothic you can also find me on medium coffee twitter facebook and instagram where i tell you a lot uh, a lot of other things about the gothic not just about ghosts but i tell you about all the things such as uh, i help people um come out with their worries and and to work on their fears depending if they have a project or they have a dissertation so that's me this is what i do i'm alice you have if you have a project and you need some guidance among all the shadows then i can be your light at the end of the tunnel remember i am a writer a confidence builder a project auditor and that means that i can help you sell products your services prepare your business presentations even if you have something uh, spoken and you need some um, confidence building any lessons anything that uh, requires your critical thinking and your communication skills this is me, this is where I can help you. So together we'll find your pain points and we'll work on a plan. You have some downloads there, my friends. You can just go to gothicalis.com and you will find from literary um, downloads with uh, the, the literary one actually is the one with more information because it's an hour, an hour and a bit lesson uh, with the slides, with a lot, a lot of content. But you have all the downloadables that are a little bit and shorter and for different purposes so i hope you have enjoyed today's um today's video uh, as you've seen um i'm including more visuals because i think it's important also to have all these images and all this video uh, with you while we are doing all these bullet points a little bit like a lesson is in between mini lessons and uh, mini videos anyway i hope you have a lot of fun and remember to follow subscribe share and donate if you like the content if you think it's, it's helping you if you think the downloads are helping you go to my coffee page where you can actually donate when you donate you're helping me and other collaborators of the program of this series in other um, spaces of alice in gothic land you are helping us continue creating content and also because i want to get myself a bigger tablet well i don't have a tablet i need a tablet to write my book and if i don't write my book you won't be able to read it so if you go to coffee you're going to see the process of writing my book and uh, because coffee is my workshop but also there you can donate to help me out with to help you at the end of the day that's what that's what we do anyway so i hope to see you in the next episode have a lovely week and be very good thing my friend start thinking about your ghosts see you very soon see you next week take care